recording so i know is that a little fast for you you look nervous <laughs> it is a little bit fast <laughs> i haven't done one of these in a while i guess i i probably should do my little my little intro here just for a sec so uh i don't even remember what i say hey everybody welcome to reese's peace this is episode 49 like eight weeks later 28 weeks later eight weeks later um <laughs> Uh, something like that. So it is uh, January eighteenth, twenty twenty-two, and I have uh, my good buddy, the Big U, um, given name Dan, from <laughs> from work. Uh, Dan from work, the Big U. Say hi, Dan. Hey, Reese. It's me, Dan, <laughs> from work. Wait, Dan from work? Yeah. No way. That's awesome. All right. Um, yeah, I don't have any structure for my podcast, Dan. Um, I know you're you are really good. Uh, my listeners probably won't know that you you have a podcast uh, called Garbage Time. I think on Spotify it's called Garbage Time Radio, but you always refer to it as Garbage Time Talk Radio. And if any of my listeners want to write in, it's Garbage Time Talk Radio at Gmail, right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so that'll be fun. Um, and right. that is the reason there's the difference there is because garbage time radio, I think the the Gmail for garbage time radio was taken, so I had to go with talk radio. Ah. Same for the web domain, which I, we haven't purchased yet, but we might for next fantasy season. Wow. Uh, it's like $20 for the year, which Damn. I think would be well worth it to get some fun uh, league stuff, league stats going up there. I guess if you know split how to that do a between website. 10 people. Yeah. Do you know how to do a website? No, it's through I would there was like a Squarespace. I, w- I would get this for $20 a year through Squarespace. Um, a couple of my friends do coding. They might they might be a little more in tune with how to build the website itself, but I'm, I think Squarespace kind of offers Never used it, but from what I've heard, it kind of lets you create a website even if you don't know anything about it. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah. All right. So there's a free ad for Squarespace. <laughs> yeah, they should be. Uh, they should be a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, I'll collect my yeah, check. A product I have not used. <laughs> yeah, neither have I. I think I used GoDaddy once uh, when I was looking for a job. I I made uh, like a website, like my mm. own website, and it was yeah, it was pretty simple. It was kind of like drag and drop stuff in type of situation. It's pretty easy. So all right, so. So you've got this podcast, Garbage Time Talk Radio or Garbage Time Radio, depending on where you find it. Uh, yeah, depending so, on what rights are available. <laughs> right, right. And so you, you started this, uh, when did it start? I mean, did it start at the beginning of the football season of 2021? It did, and it was definitely like a, it was something I was thinking about. Um, I've been in this fantasy football league for like three years or so now. Yeah. And they've been doing it for more than that. They've been doing it for like seven or so, plus or minus. And I know in the early years, they would get like real involved. There'd be like video, and it was maybe through Facebook, like Smack Talk videos posted, uh, <laughs> like the bets each week were, were discussed and posted. Uh, and the last couple of years had been, we'd been a little stagnant with it. So I, I kind of wanted to do something this year that would like get everyone 
more engaged again. Yeah. And the podcast seemed easy. And, I, and initially I was like, I'll just record. I'll record like 10 minutes at most every week or something. Yeah. Um, get that out there just so like there's something fun people can listen to every week. It'll keep people kind of tuned in every week. And then my friend Tim was willing to join, who did not want to be in the league this year because he didn't want to spend the time managing yeah. a fantasy team. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you want to co-host, you want to guest on this uh, first episode? <clears throat> and that first week came up and it was like, shit, okay, I gotta, I'm got i not ready to do this, but football has happened and I have to record it this week, so I'm going to do it. So Tim joined me and it was like 20 minutes long and at the end of that episode... He suggest he was the one to be like, hey, I'd love to do this with you every week or something. Nice. Uh, which I was thrilled to hear because that would not have worked if uh, he wasn't there to help me with that. Yeah, he's a big contributor. He's he's definitely one of my favorite parts, uh, if not only for his accent. <laughs> his Wisconsin. He's like Jerry, right? He's got that Wisconsin. He's a little bit like Jerry. Yeah, he he's. Um, I, I describe him as Wisconsin as fuck uh, when when I had described him to other people, but yeah, it's it's you're you're a little more uh, normal in quotes <laughs> with the, the way that you say things versus like the way that Tim says things is like super Wisconsin, <laughs> and so it's it's funny it's it's funny, and then there's little tidbits like uh, chocolate and other miscellaneous things that come out end up being pretty funny as the season goes on chocolate was a good one it's it's funny because i don't I, yeah i've known tim for so long now i don't like think about yeah his his accent right um yeah yeah the people you talk to frequently you don't really think about it until somebody else points it out to you it's but only it's only certain right. words you know I, I don't notice it a lot of the time i guess well no because your audio is so clear and then when like tim's audio comes in like because you use uh, the voice meter banana, right? So you're you're basically yep. you've got like Tim like called in, and and so his audio doesn't come in quite as obvious or quite as clear. And so like when he starts talking, it's very obvious when he talks, and mm. your voices are all distinct enough, and the way that you speak and mannerisms and things that I can kind of tell everybody apart, and I feel like I know your friends a little bit. But yeah, Tim's <laughs> is it's it's really easy to pick him out. I think he's got the most Wisconsin <laughs> accent out of anybody that's been on your podcast. Which is funny, and I wonder where that comes from. Cause he, so he grew up in Tosa, um, okay. but the rest of a lot, a lot of those guys also grew up in Greendale, not that much further south. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, why is it strongest with Tim? Yeah, I don't know. And so that, that brings me to a, another question about your podcast. So... All these guys, some of these guys currently live in, like, Salt Lake City. And it sounded like somebody lives on the East Coast somewhere. Yeah, Evan is on the East Coast. Okay. He's, like, New Hampshire or, like, Vermont or... Oh, man. One of them shitty little I states, as I like know. to say. This is actually, like, one of the like the first year I've talked to Evan in many years. Oh, um, really? Actually, I guess not. That's not true. Through the, through the football league, we at least like have a couple messages every year but okay him coming on to that last episode of the podcast was the first time i like actually talked to him probably since um well kyle's wedding this last summer and then before that college okay right so you i'm I'm sorry i'm trying to pull up what uh it's not really important but no that's right that's state somewhere here that's that's fine so you've got 
You got Evan, uh, Kyle, Zach. Is it Andrew? Andy, yep. Andy. Um, and then, like, Tessa made an appearance. Yep. And Tessa. somebody's dad. <laughs> was it Tessa's dad? It was Tessa's dad. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got most of them there. Who are you missing? Yeah, who am I missing? You're missing Matt, I think. Okay. Oh, you're missing the two. Matt's one of the Salt Lake City guys. Okay. Adam is the other. Adam, right. There's another A name. Zach. Did you already say Zach? I did say Zach. Yeah, how could you Zach's forget the Zach? Zach's Zacko. Zacko, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan and Steve. Jordan Neither and of Steve. which were ever on the podcast, which is probably why you don't remember their names as well. I just, the names sound kind of familiar. So the Zacko was like, it's, it's the name reserved for the person literally at the bottom of the rankings at the end of the fantasy football season, right? That is correct. And that, so there's a playoff, man. We, we all get into the playoffs, and the two worst teams will play each other. Yeah. So even if you have the worst record, you have a chance to win that and not be Don the Zacko. But if you lose that, you're the Zacko. And so you're the Zacko because last year, Zach was at the bottom of the pile? Uh, it's always been the Zacko. Really? Since the be- beginning of the league. Hmm. Okay. And these are like uh, college buddies of yours? Yes. Yeah, I lived with... So there was a... It was a house on... Uh, in Madison, which... We, lo- we looked this up. Me, uh, Nathan, and Toll started talking about this once, and it turns out we all lived, like, on the same block within, like, a few houses of each other. Oh, really? Not at, at the at same... Madison? Well, Nathan and me at the same time. Matt, uh, Mike... Yeah. Decade prior or whatever it was. Right, 12 years or whatever. Um, so that house had eight guys total. It was split level, uh, so it wasn't like one unit. There was a, a top unit and a bottom unit, but we all knew each other. Yeah. So Kyle, Tim, Evan, and Steve were all upstairs. And then me, Zach, Adam, and CJ, who lives in Japan now, oh. were downstairs. Damn. Lives in Japan? He does. Your friends spread out, man. They did. I mean, I guess a little bit. You they have, uprooted, spread their wings. You got one in, uh, one in Japan, one on the East Coast. Did you say which state? Uh, no, I didn't find it. Oh. New, let's go with New Hampshire. Yeah, let's just say one of them shitty little states that I can't name on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can Too name concentrated. them. But I don't, I don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those ones. Uh, and then the Salt Lake City guys. Is it just coincidental that the two guys ended up in Salt Lake City? It is. Um, Matt went to school in Oregon, and he just likes the outdoorsy nature of that of the Pacific Northwest. Which I don't know. Does that does Pacific Northwest extend to Salt Lake? I don't, I don't know. know either. I think. But I don't know. From what I can tell, Salt Lake is like a outdoors person's paradise. Uh, yeah, that's every everybody there. That's their thing. Uh, so he loves it there. And then Adam and Courtney ended up going there because for- Courtney landed like uh, her dream job out there. Hmm. And Adam said, "I'll figure out something to do." Yeah, and he did, and they're living the dream now. <laughs> okay, wait. So you said um, who was the first guy? Was it Matt? You said it was Matt. Yeah, and Matt was a high school friend. He's a high school friend. So you didn't my go to high school friend. With him. Yeah. Nope. Okay. 
Alright, so he's still like in the league though. He just doesn't know the other guys as intimately as you do. Correct. He actually joined for the first time this this year. Okay. Okay, that's kind of fun. Yeah. That's kind of how I crashed uh, the podcast with me and the two Joshes. Like, I didn't know the other Josh. <laughs> I, just, I just started, like, uh, podcasting with him. And then, actually, through a random turn of events in that, like, month and a half long span where you and Cabron and Mike Miller came out here, he also got stuck in Denver overnight. And so he came here for uh, an overnight. So, anyway. Mike Miller was out there? Yeah, Mike Miller, uh, who is now VP of Engineering. Um, yeah, he... God, what was that? He Like, right on the tail end of when uh, Cabron and Jenna left. Okay. Uh, yeah, he came out, like, that week. Uh, it was, like, a Thursday afternoon or something. He stopped in for, like, a half an hour mm-hmm. on his way to the airport. Um, nice. Yeah, so we just kind of shot the shit, and he, he could tell that Got I was tacos. alive. <laughs> we did not get tacos. <laughs> no, Damn. I offered to get him some beer and have it ready for him, but then the plans kept changing. He came out here to do like some fishing with his boss, or not his boss, his uh, his brother. So his brother's mm. like a big fisherman. So like uh, Miller f- flew out, met his brother, other Miller, and uh, <laughs> they they did some fishing in some spot. And then like um, our Miller was then gonna leave, while his brother, the other Miller, was gonna stay and keep doing some fishing for a while. And so. His brother just dropped him off basically at my doorstep, and then he caught an Uber to the airport from here. Nice. Yeah, so Very it was interesting. Convenient. Yeah. So wait, you uh, hey, you you mentioned my friends are all are also spread out. Is your your like high school friends or college friends even not? Uh, are they all still in California? That's a good question. Uh, I don't have a big like group of people. Um, I guess like the the people that I would. Uh, I would name are probably like my my senior project group from the engineering program. Um, so there was five of us. We we're like one of the biggest senior project groups. Um, and I think I do believe all those guys are still in California. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I would still be in California if Alyssa hadn't drug me out here. So it, it's not that I didn't know that there was like other good stuff out there. It was just like things are pretty good here. Why should I leave? But, um, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and then a high school, like, I don't have that many high school friends that I'm still in contact with or that I know about. And they're all, as far as I know, still in California. Yeah. So I don't know, like, hmm. I know very few of my, like, high school people that I was, like, familiar with that have left California. I know of, like, two or three. Okay. So, yeah, not many people left interesting yeah interesting. it's easier to grow roots when you don't have the winters like we have here I suppose I mean I don't know I mean it, with the winters like you have I don't think that's really much of a deterrent I think it's kind of I don't know I always thought it was like what you were used to you know like if you're used to like Midwest you stay in the Midwest but like for you you grew up kind of suburbs outside of Chicago and then went to school in Wisconsin uh, and then decided you wanted to stay in wisconsin yeah yeah climate wise it's not uh different at all yeah i wouldn't think so i grew up with yeah Mm. all right well 
I do have some more interesting questions, at least for me and hopefully my audience. So Ooh. since since I didn't get a chance to uh, to get these in on your podcast, since um, uh, you had a lot to talk about in your podcast episodes, started getting longer and longer. What are all these football positions about, Dan? Oh, dang it. What? I have, <laughs> I have, we actually, we did read that one and answer it and record the answer. Oh, uh, did you? I just never got to fit it in. I meant to put it in at the end of the last episode. Reese, I gotta tell you, I was glad to be done with, the, <laughs> with this <laughs> season of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, just to fill my listeners in, you, you did an episode every week that followed up on all the matches for your whole, your, your whole, what do you call it? Um, League, yeah. yeah. Right, and so you had to get like at least one other guy with you to podcast, and then oftentimes there was three of you podcasting or yep. more. Yeah, that's a lot of work, and man. They would, they would be like, I mean, recordings could be hour and a half plus, and I'd cut that down usually closer to an hour. Yeah, and it takes probably about at least two to three times the length of the total recording to edit everything. Oh my God. Depending on how much you want to, in the beginning it was really, and it was still really fun throughout the whole thing. But yeah, by, by the end I was definitely like, this is taking up, it's beginning to take up two nights. There's one night of recording yeah. and then the next night I edit. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it would bleed into the next day oh and I'm glad to have those days back right now. Uh, makes me appreciate the free time. Yeah, dude, that's a lot. I mean, it was it was very much appreciated, at least on my end. I really enjoyed them, and I don't know shit about football, um, but uh, yeah, it was. I really liked it. I thought he did a great job, but yeah, I can see it. It's a lot of work. Um, the way that I podcast, you'll see, is not, <laughs> but like videos that I I used to record. I used to. I used to record video on my dirt bike rides and then I would come back and kind of like cut out the neat clips and like splice them mm-hmm. together in like cool little ways or like just take snippets of like 10 or 15 minutes. And I got, I got so like burnt out of doing that that now I just don't even record because I know that I'll, <laughs> I'll just feel obligated to make a video out of it. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, there was an aspect when I, especially when Tim and I started, I was like, this is really fun right now. If this ever becomes like a burden, I don't want to keep doing it. Yeah. But then the problem was it was such a – because the football season 17 weeks, and by the time I really started feeling burnt out, it was like week 13, 14 of 17. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, oh, I almost, I almost have just like a nice complete set of, of season one yeah. of, of this thing. Like I got I, I can stick with this for four more weeks to <laughs> see this through. It's going to be a little bit of work that I don't really want to do, but it at least at that point is done. And yeah. There was an end I'm not doing anything else after that. Yeah. 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 So the positions, Reese. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'll, I'll put together once I've had my nice long break. I'll put together a uh, bloopers and bonus episodes <laughs> uh, with all the extra clips I had to cut out through yeah. the year. There you go. And you'll hear your answer then. But uh, do you, foot football positions. What do you know? Do you have? Do you have zero knowledge of football, or can you tell me anything about it right now? Um, as far as positions go, like I. If you told me a position, I could probably confidently say about 90, no, let's say 75% of the time that that is definitely a position in football. <laughs> but um, I couldn't name them all. Uh, I know I'd say like 
as much of the rules as most lay people do. Uh, I did not realize up until recently, I think while I was in Wisconsin talking to you guys, that there were different conferences, I think that they're called, like different sections of the country that like compete against each other before they, um, they, they compete within their conference and then they, they meet up somehow. Uh, so that's news to yeah. me. They, they meet up. Yeah, they meet up. <laughs> they have a meet up, Dan. They have a group for They have it. a little tea party, yeah. Yeah, they do a little tea party with their pinkies out. Um, so as far as positions go, like I know, I know the quarterback and what he does. I know the kicker because that's a real creative name. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's descriptive. It's very descriptive. <clears throat> Wide receiver, I have a good idea, but I don't know if there are like rules that apply to his position. Um, and like linebackers, but then you've got all these like other backs. There's a word and then back. What's that? What's yeah. that about? What's the back mean? What like what does quarterback mean? What is line? Why why is it called linebacker? Wide receiver seems pretty obvious to me. Like you you go kind of way out there, hence wide, and then you receive the ball, right? You receive yeah. thrown, thrown passes. You nailed it, Reitz. Ah, I got one. <laughs> They run out there and they receive the ball. Yeah, I think the only really yeah running back, uh, you give them the ball and they run with it. Fair enough. Um, the quarterback will usually give them the ball. He doesn't have to, but they could snap it right to the running back. So why do they to. call it a running back? What's the back thing? What's that all? The about? backfield. And back. I'm, I'm guessing which is everything behind. So there's there's a line of uh, skirmish. Yep. Um. I now, now that I'm saying this out loud in the recording, I'm realizing I don't know if I know how to pronounce that word correctly. How do you, how do you say that? Say it again? Uh, scrimmage, like Scrooge. Scrimmage. Scrimmage? Yeah. I mean, that's how I've I say it. I've always said scrimmage. Isn't it spelled like skirmish? I don't know. Let's, let's look it up. <laughs> this is live action, folks. Yeah, let's learn. We can learn something here. Um... Scrimmage, uh, S C R I M M A G E. Oh, so it's kind of yeah, like I'm, in, I'm incorrect. It's kind of like hammock, where we pronounce it different than the actual vowel that's there. Hmm. Like like Michael. So there's a line of scrimmage. Hammock. All right. Do you know what the line of scrimmage is? I'm familiar. Yeah, I I think I have a good sense of what that is and and what it signifies, and you can't cross it until somebody hikes the ball and all that stuff. Uh, you know what? Uh, that's going to move the chains means. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. No, no, I think <laughs> I do know what that means because they usually okay. have like the two points that are like 10 yards apart, right? And there's a chain between them, and that's how they measure yep. first down. Nice, Reese. Very nice. You've I'm been watching football, it. haven't you? I have watched a football game once or twice. <laughs> uh, so that's going to move the chains is one of those things you could say when you're watching a football game. Okay. Um, some people think you know what you're talking about. And and what does that mean? So does moving the chains mean first down, or moving the chains means you you have moved from the initial like first down position, so you're less than ten yards from a first down? It does typically mean first down. So like you said, the chains start ten yards apart. Uh-huh. So you you get you get the ball. You put the the ref will put the ball down on the field. That the line of scrimmage is at that ball where yeah. the ball is yeah so then you, you run a play you hand the ball to your running back he runs three yards past the line of scrimmage that's the new line of scrimmage it moves up to where he got the ball to yeah. now you've only got seven yards to get to that 
total of 10 that you needed initially. Right. And when you pass that initial, that 10 that you needed, if you can, then they move the chains, you get a new first down, a new, and again, you just got to go 10 yards to move the chains, Reese. It's all about moving the chains. Right. And you get four downs uh, before you then have to either, what, punt the ball down the field or, like, hand it over to the other team, essentially? Well, so if you run if you run a play on fourth down and it's unsuccessful, the other team gets the ball right where you were at, right where the line of scrimmage was. Uh-huh. Um, but if you don't want to risk that, then you could punt it on fourth down and send them way back. So when you when you punt it, do they, does the other team just like get the ball where it lands? They try to catch it, and you, they can catch it and run with it uh, to try to get some extra yards. Um, but a lot of times they'll call a fair catch because uh, there's a bunch of like 250 pound men barreling down the field trying to tackle them as yep. they're looking up in the sky at this ball. And if they think the guys are getting too close, they can call a fair catch, wave their arms for a fair catch, and then the uh, players aren't allowed to tackle them in that case. But then they can't run. It's just down where they catch it. But they have to catch it. They do have to catch it. If it, In fact, if they like fumble it, the other players can try to pick it up huh. and get it. Okay, so what's the situation if, if, if the if the offensive team punts it and the other the receiving team does not call fair catch or any of that, what happens? Like if nobody um, catches then it. it'll bounce. Yeah, it'll bounce and wherever it's it stops, it comes to rest. That's where the receiving team gets it. Wherever it comes to rest. Okay, so can get like after it bounces that first time, can anybody grab it? Yep. Well, what do you when you mean anybody like for either team? After it bounces the first time, if the kicking team at, at any point it could bounce once a hundred times. Probably won't bounce a hundred times, but um, if the kicking team that's trying to run and tackle the team that's receiving the punt touches it, the ball is just down right there. Hmm. Um, but the receiving team, they could let it bounce. They could try to pick it up after the bounce and run with it if they really want to. That's usually typically a dangerous play because the defensive players are all on you at that point. Yeah. So if you try to go grab a ball, bounce, flipping through the air, bouncing through the air, you're probably going to fumble it, and they're going to try to tackle you while you're doing that. Hmm. Okay. All right. And so getting back to this naming convention here, what, is, what does this halfback fullback thing mean? I actually learned halfback fullback recently because so i think those are just two types of running backs they're both running backs okay um but a fullback is always running a halfback might be like receiving maybe a little faster uh-huh. um whereas the the fullback might be a have a little more momentum on them they can push it through the goal line hmm. bigger quads reese i'm actually going to look this up to verify because i learned this very recently Huh. Yeah, I, should, I don't I think there's such a thing as a quarter. <laughs> no, there is a quarterback. There is a quarterback, <laughs> Dan. One quarterback. What about a three quarters back? And why is he called a quarterback? That's what I want to know. Maybe he's only one quarter of the of what a half back or uh, what a fullback is. Maybe he is. Like quarter the size. A fullback is used primarily for blocking responsibilities, and the halfback is the primary ball carrier. Okay, I didn't know that. Huh. So what I just described was wrong. 
Sweet. At least according to this first Google response I got. Is this... How much of your show... Uh, is this interesting? Reading my the Google responses I'm getting here. I don't know. I mean, I just I just let the conversation go where it goes because I, you know, this is more of like a record in time for me than anything else. Use the receiver short. Okay. Okay, Riso. Okay, Dano. Dan, okay. Wait, but now I'm getting. All right, here we go. Here's some more Wikipedia here. Oh. In the modern game, an effective halfback must have a blend of both quickness and agility as a runner. Uh -huh. Cite my earlier statement. As well as sure hands and good vision upfield to receiver. Wait, he's got to have good vision? God, who has that? He does have to have good vision. Okay, now what is this tight end thing? What's that about? Okay, the tight ends, I think, the most makes the... Uh, another one I learned earlier this year. I kind of knew it, but, but had to verify it. A tight end just does two... So the offensive line is blocking players from trying to get to the quarterback. Uh -huh. Right? Does that yep. make sense? Yep. A tight end has does that part of the time, but then is also a wide receiver part of the time. I don't think anyone else on the offensive line is an eligible receiver. Like you can't throw the ball to them, but a tight end can set up on the on the outside and run a wide receiver route, catch the ball, or also block if you need them to. Okay, so let me uh, let me see if I I'm understanding the gist of this. So. You basically, you've got like a limited amount of things, of, of positions, of, of activities that any one player can, can do. Let's say, so you've got um, somebody who would be on the line of scrimmage, like either holding players back or trying to push them forward or whatever, defending the quarterback or trying to get to the quarterback, whichever. So you've got those linemen, right? Mm -hmm. you've, you've got people who run with the ball. You've got people who catch the ball. And then you have people that kick the ball and people that throw the ball, right? So you got a quarterback throws the ball, you got a a kicker who kicks the ball, you got linemen who do that, <laughs> and then you you have uh, which I don't know which their names are, but you have ones that run the ball and and catch the ball, and so the combination, the names correspond to different combinations of those things that any one player does um i don't think so many of them are actually combinations outside of tight end okay everyone else is typically wide receivers catching running back is running offensive linemen are blocking quarterback is throwing uh, <laughs> lying about his uh, <laughs> immunization. <laughs> yeah, what's the deal with that? What's that? What, what you know? I don't follow football, but I, I gathered a little bit. I thought it had to do with the uh, the whole uh, ivermectin thing and some 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 wording that implied the vaccination, but actually didn't explicitly state it. Yeah, so he used the word. Rogers used the words. Um, I have been immunized. Immunized. Yeah. When asked if he was vaccinated, I think he said. I don't know if he said yes, I am immunized, or what kind of weird like yeah. legal uh, choices he made in his response to that question. But yeah. at the time, before we knew he wasn't vaccinated, it, you would we didn't nobody thought twice about the way he answered. I don't think. Yeah. Um, just assumed it meant okay. He's he's replying, uh, responding, saying yes, he's vaccinated. 
All right. So the protocol for the NFL at the time too was if you're not vaccinated, you can't like like he had to miss a game. He had to miss that game that week. Couldn't play in it. Um, I honestly don't even remember if we won or lost that game. If it cost us the game that he wasn't in it, but uh, yeah, he had to sit out for like a week until he could start returning negative tests or whatever to come back to practice. Hmm. And so when he wasn't after after the point where he wasn't vaccinated. They, everybody knew that he wasn't vaccinated. He then had to provide negative tests to playing games. Yeah, so they the the NFL procedure kind of changed throughout the year. Later in the year, they were doing if you are vaccinated. At, at first, it was just if if you're testing positive, um, you're like out for a week, like no matter what. Yeah. Um, then they changed it to eventually changed it to if you are vaccinated and you test positive there's a window over the next few days where you could return negative tests sometime day or two i forget before the game uh and you could actually return to play that same week Hmm. uh but unvaccinated was still you're out for like at least 10 days i think Hmm. okay all right so that was a whole big thing interesting and then you made uh switching gears a little bit here you made a comment, and I wrote I wrote it down at some point because I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah, changing gears. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, and uh, I do it with both hands. <laughs> yeah, like like little sidewinder tricycle. Oh yeah, or that that shovel in the sand pit. Uh yep, yep. You can control. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, at one point in time, this was when Meta was like. Just just came out. There was that weird commercial, and I still haven't seen <laughs> That's it. Right. I still have not seen the commercial. I've, I've heard a ton of people reference it. Um, it's for the best. Yeah, right. Was Zuckerberg is is like rebranding the Facebook company as Meta because Facebook is really just a social networking site that that the whole conglomerate that is Facebook owns, right? And so that's that's how I'm interpreting it. Is that he needed another name. He needed, this is one of the reasons why I'm assuming that it happened. But he needed another name to encompass what are all the different things that he owns. Because, like, saying that Facebook owns Snapchat or whatever it is, a little bit confusing. But you could say, like, Meta owns – or Meta is mm. owns, like, Facebook and Snapchat. It's like the uh, alphabet to Google. Sure. And I don't hear a lot about alphabet. I actually didn't realize that was an actual thing until you just said it. <laughs> I think that's it, right? Alphabet? I guess. And so who else does Alphabet own? I want to hear that's about that. This meta thing. A bunch of bunch of nonsense is the, are the other things that Alphabet owns. All I see is just a bunch of colorful letters when I Google Alphabet. Let me put Alphabet Google bunch of, in there. A bunch of money, money laundering fronts, it looks like. Yeah, look at that. Alphabet Inc., American multinational technology conglomerate. It's a lot of words. Restructuring of Google. Yeah, see, I bet, I bet it's the same as like, like it was probably Google, and then Google started buying up all this shit, and they were like, ah, oh, we need to, we need to have like a parent company to this. We'll call it Alphabet for some reason. So subs- yeah, because they've got, because what Facebook's got like the Oculus now and WhatsApp and I don't know what else WhatsApp, other yeah. things. I assume. Right. Excuse and, me. And then Alphabet's got Google, Waymo, X Development, whatever that is, Verily, DeepMind, some other things. I don't know. I 
the only two of those things that I've heard of is Waymo and Google. Interesting. My stock price is crazy. 2700 bucks. Who'd have thunk? Anyway, so you made a comment <laughs> at one point uh, on your podcast, and I wanted to come back to it um, when you were talking about Meta. Uh, and I don't remember your exact wording, but I wrote it down that Dan Euler thinks Mark Zuckerberg is a villain. <laughs> That's what I wrote yeah. down. He's not quite uh, like Jeff Bezos level villain. I think he's trying to get there. Jeff Bezos just looks like Lex Luthor already. Okay, yeah. Um, get that. Zuckerberg's definitely the villain in my story. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's up with that? I don't want to return back to, to Bezos in a minute. Um. Why do you think that? I don't know anything about it. I'm not defending him. I think of me as like your mom, as much as your mom might know about technology maybe she does i don't know um so i knew all i can really speak to is like the singular um i actually uh, was was expecting this question so i did do i did listen to um the accidental billionaires the book which i think pretty closely follows whatever the story in the social network is the movie they made about it okay yeah with jesse um something or other yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Edelberg? Uh, Heisenberg. So I guess here's one uh, story from his path where, where this all started when he was first starting with this like this web development and making the initial uh, Facebook was it was like a rate your classmates one versus another by their attractiveness. And to put that together, he stole all of the pictures from the like school server right to launch this website which was a huge hit but uh he started off as a thief so villain villain strike number one right there oh i should i should have done more uh, preparation here to get three strikes to complete villain <laughs> I, I don't i don't have a whole spiel figured out <laughs> so you thought i was gonna ask you this question huh I did know this one was coming because uh, you, you said I think like after you listened to that episode you said I've got a few questions for you about Zuckerberg. Oh, all right. Yeah, I forgot I emailed you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't done any research on Bezos though. If you're if we're hitting on him next, right. um, but both of them, even like uh, uh, I'd put um, Bill Gates in there too and. I don't know who the head of Google is. The head of Google is smart because we don't know their name. They just hide in the shadows with their billions of dollars. Um, I thought it was like Sanjay Pinchar. Who's that guy? I don't know. <laughs> head of Google. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's, oh, I butchered that. Sundar Pichai? Definitely seen him. Anyway, he's he's not as big of a figure as Zuckerberg, and and I'll definitely I'll definitely give you that that in the movie The Social Network, however accurate, portrayed Zuckerberg as Zuckerberg as a complete asshole, so definitely give you that. Yeah, and then I think there's like the the easy villainizing, which isn't a you know logically maybe there's not a good reason for it, but just that he has billions and billions of dollars that. He just holds on. Like I, I don't know. I guess I haven't looked too much into what good he could be trying to put that money to use yeah. in. But 
um, all those guys, like so much money, such significant amounts of money that could make such huge differences and yeah. so many things in America, but uh, it just sits in their bank accounts, growing and growing. Some of them use it to shoot themselves into space. Maybe one day we'll be that rich, Reese. Maybe. I kind of get that, though. So if, if that's a part of your argument, um, I'll they lay this out in defense, and it's probably not a good defense because, uh, well, I'll let you decide that. But I, <laughs> in, in discussions with you guys as uh, uh, the difference between a kid who grew up, say, you know, outside the city limits with a little more dirt around versus, like, suburban folks, um, there, there were definitely, and maybe that's not what created the difference, but there were definitely some differences that I noticed, you know, communicating with you and Mike uh, at work about, you know, what life was growing up and how I see the world and how much I want to be involved with the world. And I don't know, like at any one point in my life, or at least at most points in my life up to this point, I haven't really wanted to be in the limelight or like participate too much in all of the hubbub that is society. And, and I'm going to lay out voting because like, whatever, <laughs> vote, vote for who you want for it, whatever. But anyway, so like I, I never had any interest, any strong desires to be involved with those types of things. And maybe that is like part of the community or lack thereof where you grow up because as you know, if you grow up in a little bit higher density area, you have to be with other people and you have to work well with them and like have your neighborhood politics and everything. Whereas like, you know, we had a hundred yards between us and the nearest house. And so we could keep our distance from anybody if we wanted to, you know? And so I, I understand the mentality of like, even right now, uh, if I made a bunch of money, I would not feel obligated to do something for the greater good with it. I would feel a little bit like maybe I should, but I, I don't like to participate in society that way. I like to be left alone. And so <laughs> from that standpoint, I, I wonder if that's at all how Zuckerberg feels or, or even if, even if he is hoarding his money, I don't know what he's doing with his money either. I don't know either, and that and that is like a because you could say, well, you know, what am I doing? Am I am I willing to step up to it to say like I'll give away whatever percentage of my money that Zuckerberg would be willing to give away of his? Um, yeah, it's a tough argument to make because it's definitely not apples to apples, and right. Maybe it's who knows. Maybe but, it's a struggle too finding like the right source to give money to like i don't know if you ever watched that movie um or not that movie but that show the good place no but it's been recommended to me several uh, okay. times well i don't want to give out give away too much but let's just say in life today as it exists and this is separate from the show so go ahead and watch the show i'm, I'm gonna try not to spoil it for you <laughs> but um the it's it's just like it's very hard to like narrow down like which for instance is going to be like the lighter carbon footprint of like two options if you were to mm -hmm. like say wash a dish versus run it in the dishwasher that's a little easier but like if you were to like buy something locally versus remember how we had that discussion about small farms and all that stuff but like buying buying from like 
a farmer's market versus buying from like a, an organic supermarket or whatever, like which is going to be the lower carbon footprint. So just in in that way, it's very difficult to find because there's so much stuff involved with every facet of our life. There's so many steps involved that like you can't really keep track of all the little things very easily to know what's good. So where I'm going with this is that maybe it's difficult to give away a percentage of your money, even though you know that it could be put to good use, that there's so many organizations out there where we get just lost in the bureaucracy or get gone to like administrative fees and not actually do any work that you might get kind of paralyzed by indecision. I could see that. And and that might be way too, as far as like, why do I think Zuckerberg's a villain? That's probably like way too in the weeds. I'm I'm thinking, talking through this is good, Reese. It's good for me too, (laughs) to actually think through these things I say. Um, Okay. That it might just be more of like a, um, a representation, the the most extreme representation of inequality that exists in America, which is, so complex and in so many different areas and like that that is hard to um like put into one it's very easy to like make uh zuckerberg a cathartic scapegoat even though you know it's not his fault that these inequalities exist it's the system's fault that inequalities exist he even if he gave away all his money that system is still going to exist. It, it won't change the way that that works. Um, sure. So may, so it might just be more that it's so easy to look at that again, because it's such an extreme and use it to kind of summarize frustrations on a much grander scale. Sure. Okay. I can definitely see that. I do get the sense too, that he's like, when they show images and and little snippets that I've seen at least of him like in a courtroom trying to whatever it seems like he's always in there defending himself or something um, it, it, it does seem a little bit like he's trying to he's <laughs> he has so many ways of just pulling the wool over those those old geezers eyes because they don't know what the fuck is going on and so I get the sense <laughs> That, like, whatever he's doing in there, he thinks that he's doing it well and and that he just has to say the right things so that these old geezers understand it in a way that makes him come out looking okay. That's what uh, the education education system taught me. <laughs> if you want to get through that way, you absolutely can. Um, so, yeah, why wouldn't he think he could still do that because he's still getting away with it yeah it is a little bit hilarious uh the types of people who are who are trying to create legislation around all of these new internet phenomena you know like Mm -hmm. that (laughs) i i mean i am definitely out of touch but like i imagine my grandpa which is how I liken all of these lawmakers and people that he's talking to and defending himself from. But what do they know? They don't know shit. I mean, I guess they probably know a lot more than me now because they've had to be explained to 
and probably have had private briefings and stuff. But man, like what a struggle that is. Like you ever seen your grandfather or like even your parents sometimes use an iPhone? Like it's a little bit painful at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it makes me wonder, you know, it's like, oh man, there's a going back to kind of like the power balance here. There's a bit of a, a lopsided power balance. I can imagine that for especially uh, with how many clicks you're trying to save and how often you're trying. You, your your goal is to like speed things up so much that someone lackadaisically going through their phone, like taking their sweet time, would be the most infuriating thing in the world for you. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I guess it's a little bit that, but it's like if you ever, you know, I'm sure you've watched and at times wondered like, why don't you just click it and see what happens like that's my biggest frustration with watching the older generation use technology is it seems as though they're so afraid of failing that they just won't do something unless they're confident absolutely confident that it's going to work right when they do it and so like you know when i'm looking for something i'll go down this rabbit hole nope that didn't take me there i'll go in here that didn't take me there i'll go over here whereas they like will sit and like think about it and i'm like just start clicking buttons and you'll get there, you know, <laughs> like that's that's one of my biggest frustrations with with the, mm-hmm. the older generation of technology is is that. Well, you think there's situations they've been in where they like they go down that road and they do something that they then cannot that they for the life of them cannot figure out how to undo. <laughs> Whereas me and you, if we do something that we need to undo, we've got enough technical literacy to be like, oh, shit. OK, let me backtrack here follow yeah. my tracks to undo that whereas if they do it they're just like screwed until someone can come help them should change whatever they just changed i suppose so I but guess. i i do like what you're saying i feel like um that was one of the things i'll talk about that with video games a lot that, and we watched that one i feel like in engineering we watched a video once where they talk about that with like super mario you just you try something you fall down a hole you die yeah then you spawn again and you try it again and you try it in a slightly different way until you figure out how to get through the entire level yeah we grew up i don't know how many video games you played growing up but i grew up doing that yeah (laughs) a lot all right yeah i don't i i don't think i had quite as much of exposure as as um some other folks in my generation but i definitely do understand that and that, that does seem to be a big difference between ours and older generations is the uh like fail quickly and fail often to learn what not to do or what to do basically but you could see it in maybe this is too much of a jump to a different like uh medium but in 3d printing uh-huh. like we three you could 3d print five different designs in a week until you get the one you want whereas 10, 20 years ago, you'd send that first design out to a shop and it would cost so much money and time to have one made and you'd realize that was wrong. So yeah, yeah, you would spend way much, way more time before taking the first plunge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, you know, I don't want this to turn into like the podcast of Reese's frustrations, but I have a lot of them, as you know. (laughs) And so one of (laughs) that's what podcasts are all about, Reese. (laughs) Yeah. Mine has turned into like my personal diary, man. <laughs> but like one it. of the, one of the things about engineering that is is I don't know about frustrating, but let's just say like it tries my patience and it 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 wears on me over time. So I guess you could say that that's frustrating. It's kind of a synonym. But anyway, um, is is the like 
emphasis on precision. And I say that because our product line doesn't really necessitate like an overabundance of precision. Like granted, like we want precision in aircraft manufacturing and engineering because that's just dangerous. And, you know, our components do go on big things like airplanes and, and vehicles and stuff like that. And so in a sense, our stuff is really just just a, a, a link in the chain. And theoretically, if it failed, it, it could cause failures down the line. But my frustration is there's just so much emphasis on the um, analysis. And maybe it's just because I'm not familiar with it and people fear or don't like things that they're not familiar with. But, like, analysis and, like, I guess analysis really just sums it up. But, like, what you were talking about, how you how you would basically just 3D print a bunch of different things and see what works. Like, I like that approach. Like, I, the, the, I understand that there's a balance with that. And I think that the, the scale is weighted much more in the analysis portion. And I'm much more of a, like throw mud at the wall and see what sticks type of person that that just like grinds my gears so like the 3d printing aspect of it i i really appreciate that it's more touchy-feely a little less um methodical i don't know i don't want to say less methodical it's just a different methodology it is it's a different it's a different methodology that was not cost effective but now it is yeah it's a bit wasteful and i think I think with plastics, you're. I think I definitely agree with you with plastics because there's so much, and maybe we'll get to a point eventually. I know I'm not there yet of interpreting analysis results for plastic because I we haven't I haven't done enough of that, and then also paired it with like real life test data. Yeah. To act, to start getting that experience, it happens so seldom we, yeah. we do a lot of analysis and we do a lot of testing we don't always get to do the two on the same thing and and create that correlation yeah. plastics are tricky as i've as i've learned over these few years i've been working here um yeah metals seem like the analysis is probably still a faster more efficient way to to get to your to do all that analysis you're talking about and do it more reliably but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on the for for plastic parts, just trying something. Yeah, I know that's like that seems like it's Jerry's method too. It's like just yeah, just try something, see what happens. Yeah, and go I, from there. I appreciate that, and maybe maybe that is my frustration with the analysis is like you're saying that it's it's like every time we go down the analysis path, we're almost like blazing a new trail, like. It's, it seems rare that there's a circumstance recorded and studied and verified and peer-reviewed and a method established for any of the analysis that we're doing where it's pretty straightforward, not like it is with metals, where, where you can essentially, you know, we have all those properties that have been around for decades and, and we know how to analyze them. Whereas with plastics, it almost seems like you're doing a research project every time you're doing an analysis study. And that part doesn't appeal to me at all. 
It does, because it seems like the, your material behavior almost is unique to every application. So, yeah, every application we get, it's like you got to do... It, and, like, it would, it's, and I think Miller's been try, probably been trying to get us to do this so we can start collecting the like time temperature superposition. Yeah. But that's the thing. You need, like, you need a time temperature superposition for every specific situation, which is going to take years and years of goals to... Right get all that together yeah what a world plastics and there's never and it doesn't feel like there's ever enough time to act by the time i realize i should have done a time temperature it's always like there's not enough time to do time temperature superposition and then the project ends up going on long enough anyway that then i realize oh we definitely should have just done that <laughs> from the beginning and we would have had that by now yeah we would have had our our, uh, our base for a study yeah <laughs> yeah now, for those of you on the other end of, of this listening that don't know what a time temperature superposition is, it's um, – God, I don't even know if I could describe it. Can you describe it, Dan, like what that is in layman's terms? Oh, man. It's, it's doing a bunch of testing to figure out how strong your plastic will be in the future. Right. Okay. Yeah, and that's right. also – yeah. Well, so yeah, so the the idea is that you're able to substitute time for temperature. The idea being like, uh, like, because longitudinal studies take time, right? It takes a long time to do a ten year study, but the idea being that there's a temperature or a cyclic process of temperatures that you can put an item through that will simulate that amount of time that you're trying to. Um, study for right yeah that just take and yeah i'd have to look at it again but i know it takes a ton of you're doing a bunch of test tensile testing at all these like specific temperatures right and a specific stress so yeah you need you need a specific temperature i think a specific stress that your part is under because your line your final plot is only going to be um applicable to that that one stress that you picked initially Right. So it's very specific to that stress. So yet yep. again, you're... So you're if you, if, <laughs> yeah. So if your part's under more or less load, you're, again, you're, you've got data, but then it feels like, yeah, you're, again, it's another research. You're still taking a, a leap of faith at, one, at some point or another. Yeah. Oh, Dan. <laughs> yep. Oh, plastic. Oh, plastics. Exciting stuff. Well, I feel like I've been a little rigid in this episode, and I'm, yeah. a, little, I'm a little bummed about it, but... <laughs> You're so stiff, Reese. It's, uh, yeah, I'm a very stiff guy. It's my first one back after several weeks now. I think I kind of stopped um, right around the time that you started your podcast up, which is good, because I get to listen to your podcast and not have to worry about mine. <laughs> well, you put in all that work. Yeah, the break was nice, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted you to put your feet up for a little while, recharge, so you can come back full uh, speed. Well, yeah. I might have to come back full speed in another episode when I have you on, because uh, you and I, I usually have pretty good uh, philosophical chats, and not that today's topics weren't uh, illuminating for me, but I know we can do better. I'm going to have to have you back on. But we're coming up on an hour. And I probably should spend some time with wifey since she was away this weekend and all that okay. stuff. But wait, uh, 
I had something I did want to bring up. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You Let me squeeze it in at the very end me? here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll <laughs> stick around for another half hour at least. Yeah. Um, I finally, so I finally started using, I'm going through a dumbbell routine at the gym now. Okay. Um, I've been going over lunch. I did a kettlebell routine most recently and it was fine because no one's ever using the kettlebells. But now that I'm using the dumbbells, I'm, it's so infuriating when I'm like in the groove and then I need to go get some specific weight and someone else is using it. And I'm like, why are you, normally there's only like one other person here at noon. Yeah. Why are the rest of you here? And then I, I was like, this is why Reese always would go at like four in the goddamn morning was so that he could just have everything to himself. No one's going to come take the thing you need at any point at four in the morning. That is exactly right, Dan. There's only one squat rack. And there's only one set of any given size of dumbbells. And it's always the one that you need. It is. So I have my alarm set for tomorrow morning. I'm going to try to go before work. But, yeah. oh, my God, I just can't. I can't imagine I'm going to be able to get up that early. Can you walk there? It's way too early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Is it, like, in your building? No, it, it is, like, it's two blocks away. It's very oh. close. Okay. Yeah, is it, like, an experience fitness or a... a Anytime. Anytime. Oh, okay. Anytime. Okay. Fitness. Anytime. Those. Um, we have one of those too. Those are like tend to be small, type gyms. It's, it's not, pretty small. Yeah, it's not as big as like an experience fitness, right? It's pretty small. I never. I have never gone, especially in mid, mid pandemic. I've never gone after work. Yeah. I've walked past it, and it was oh, just packed that. in there. Fuck that. Yeah. But, over lunch uh, on the weekends, and maybe, maybe I will try bright and early, but let's yeah. see. Bright and early is hard, um, but it is a very specific crowd. It wouldn't surprise me if when you if you do end up going like in the morning before gym, that it's a, a very consistent and tight-knit group. Yeah, that, I can that's see that. usually the case. Um, usually have some regulars. In a gym that small, it seems pretty hard not to. Um, the nice part about experience fitness is it was fucking huge. And so like yeah. I had like two advantages there. One, it was giant. So like there's a lot of space for the amount of people that are in there at that hour. And, and two, there's just not a lot of people in there at that hour. So <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. two really good things, but at any time fitness is a little bit tougher. Um, but that is, that's uh that is a struggle. I guess you, you might get to the point where, you know your body well enough to say, okay, well, if those dumbbells are in use, then I'll use, let's say you wanted the 25s, let's say then I'll use the 30s and reduce my reps by uh, two. <laughs> or my- so that's where I went wrong. I went, I'm following just this thing on my phone, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll just go up five and, and push a little harder. That's the point, right? And I just, like, I cannot walk today. Uh, oh, okay. It, it hurts. I mean... You know, I used to get I, I used to talk to Andreas about this of all the all people and uh, when I used to sit next to him and, and Andreas has some interesting ideas about fitness. Okay, so once I, I told him once that uh, I was really sore and he was like, Why are you sore? You're working out all the time and I was like, What do you mean? Like that's the whole point. You get sore so you get stronger. You keep getting sore so you keep getting stronger and he was like, No. Soreness is weakness. It's like if you're getting sore, you're weak. I was like, <laughs> I mean, in a sense, but like the point is like, if you're, re- if you're repping 135 on the bench press, like, you know, one plate on each side with a 45 pound bar, you're repping one, 135. Let's say you do 10 next week. You should do like, you know, 145 and, and do like eight 
or like you know maybe get up to 12 reps and then go up in weight and down in reps so like mm-hmm. this week you're doing let's say 8 or 12 at 135 next week you do 10 at 145 like and you should be sore that's kind of the point if you're working out a lot and you're not getting sore you're not doing much so I got a question. Sorry to keep you even longer, but that uh, does okay. raise a, a question. As as someone who has way more experience in the, the muscle building activities than I do, I I've been wondering this. Do you? So yes, there's that like, you know, you get sore because you need, you want to build more muscle and then you go up. But I am imagining I've been doing this. I've been going through that process for like year and a half maybe two years now yep and i'm imagining eventually i'm going to get to some level of weight where i'm like this is enough I, I don't need to like keep going up or i feel like i'm too i'm too big i'm too much of a hulking strong man reese i gotta cut back i'm starting to scare people okay <laughs> um at that point do you still uh train to get sore or do you train do you, is it more like conditioning you're not actually going up weight but you're like switching the types of exercises you're doing and maintaining a constant weight every week I think it depends on your goals so um, in that scenario that you described where say you just you know you really just want to be healthy right and and be functional mm-hmm. is, is I mean is that correct I, I don't want to put mine goals on you I, i'm just picturing i will right now i do kind of want to keep uh going up yeah uh, in in weights i'm trying that i've been like playing with the protein intake to how much i'm eating every day yeah. um, but again i'm imagining this is going to get to a point eventually maybe not soon maybe not for like a year or two but i'll, I'll eventually get to a point where i'm going to be content and then it will just be staying healthy and maybe maintaining now, when you say content, like, do you have like a weight in mind that you want to be able to throw around pretty easily for ten reps? Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you do you keep like getting? I have like a pant size. <laughs> I don't oh. want to go past. You know, uh, so <laughs> with respect to your comment about like I don't want to get too big, I don't know if you were joking or not, but when people say that, that is a ridiculous thing to say because you have to put in a ridiculous amount of effort to really get big. Um, so <laughs> I wouldn't worry about so, that. So as, as weight goes up, yeah. do you, ju- do you, do you just maintain kind of your same size, but you'll still be able to go up in weight? Not necessarily. I mean, everybody's body is very different. And, and so like the way I see it is the actual effort that you put in, it doesn't really seem like it may seem like it gets less like that amount of effort is less but you're just becoming i think what is actually happening is you're just becoming more accustomed to that level of stress and so like if you're constantly like hitting it hard uh especially if you're keeping your reps like 12 and below um usually like eight and below for like building muscle um then if if you're getting to the eighth rep on say your third or fourth set however many sets you're doing uh and you're like barely able to do it and you're sore every week and you're going up so that every week you're stressing it so that you can barely get that that eighth rep like you're probably going to get bigger like uh, like i said everybody's body's different mine seemed like it it grew slower than other people's but maybe i just wasn't working as hard but like there is definitely like there's what people call like a plateau where it seems like you've gotten to a point where 
no matter what amount of effort you put in, you just can't grow anymore. And so there's just a, there's so many strategies. Like I, I think what you said was was good. Like you're on the right track of like changing things up. Like if you notice that you're getting to a plateau, like if you're not as enthused to go anymore, or you're not seeing results like you had seen results. Like say you know uh, you saw your chest grow or your biceps grow, and then all of a sudden now it doesn't seem like they're growing anymore. Um, definitely change things up. I think that's a good way to do it. Um, I don't think that you should do the same routine for years even though I'm a hypocrite because I'm doing that, but your, my goals are different um, and my motivation is different <laughs> than it was when I was younger. But um, so I, I change up on this. This thing is like a, each of these programs is like 40, like 12 week, 16 week programs. And okay. so I did like a 16 week kettlebell. Now I'm doing a 16 week dumbbell. Okay. After that, I'll probably do a. Uh, they've got one on there that's like barbell. That that's one where I probably need to get up early to get there to make sure I have all the equipment. But I imagine I'll keep doing. I'll keep switching up the and maybe cycle back to kettlebell or something after that. That's kind of my yeah. process right now. Now is it like a full body workout every time you go in? Yeah, usually. Usually. There will there'll be days that are more focused on legs and more more focused on upper body. Some of the other programs I've done had a lot more cardio in it. That this one's definitely like almost strictly weight. Hmm. And it's like a different set of exercises every gym day. Yep. Hmm. And and do they? How do they break it up? Do they focus on like today is arms, tomorrow is back, or how is it broken up? Yeah. So let me. I mean, I could pull up what I got. I mean, I think what I got coming up Wednesday. No matter what, um, changing things up is good. And it's like, I mean, this this thing has, like, articles and stuff that talks about, like, the importance of changing things up, blah, blah, blah. blah oh, blah, for blah, sure, blah. yeah. Changing things so up I've got helps you keep your dumbbell. form good, too. Yeah, yeah, it stresses that, too. It, it has, like, it has me doing the push-ups where you, like, go down, chest on the floor, hands off the mat as as a push-up oh, interesting. which i definitely can't do as many but i get that that's not the point right if, um so there's like let's see can you see this there's like each of those bars is like a different the first one's like a, a warm-up okay. jump ropes stretching all kind of stuff can't the middle see ones like does it say they, what all, they all say intervals some say upper body some oh, okay say, Oh, I see that. Yeah, interval, lower, upper body, upper body. Okay, core and, and then, So you can see, like, this is dumbbell squats. It's got, like, videos oh, okay. of, of it, too. So first one's dumbbell squats. Then I got dumbbell bench presses, dumbbell bent rows, hmm. hammer curls, triceps extensions, and every – that's Wednesdays. And then Friday will be a different set of – of things okay so you go monday wednesday friday monday wednesday friday yep okay yeah friday i got lateral raises and some other nonsense sure side dips side dips the hell's a side dip uh on on your side you push up with your hand with your arm oh interesting so it's like kind of, a sideways push-up. Like if you laid on your left side and you reached your right arm over your body, put it on the ground, and lifted yourself yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. That seems really, really hard on the chest. Like that is like all of the NIS. 
Reese, Reese, I can't tell you how many times during this kettlebell program I thought I was going to kill myself <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> it, it started with low weights, and I think all the stretching and everything it has me do before definitely helped with like control and stabilization. But uh-huh. I was just like, this is going to be such a... I'm going to feel like such a dumbass when I hurt myself so badly with these kettlebells. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, but I got through it. 16 weeks, I made it, Reese. <laughs> you stay with manageable weight and keep your form all right, and then uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's not that big of a deal. So, all right, so I don't, I don't think that I answered your question, but like, what were you looking I, for? I, I think you kind of did. I think you're saying, uh, I think the plateau. Um, you you kind of answered it that I'll I'll probably hit a point where I don't feel like I'm going up while I'm doing those mix, even with all those mixing up and everything, you know, it guy, I give, give that app feedback. I say like, I could barely finish that last one. I could do like three more. Okay. And it, it tries to adjust it based on that. Yeah. So I imagine I'll hit a point where I like probably won't, especially since I'm only going three days a week yeah. where I won't really be going up in weight for some of these. And yeah. at that point, I guess it's just maintaining. And if I wanted to keep going up, it would take, another step of like more days or more intense workouts. Yeah. So I think with, with the programs that you're doing, I would describe them as a lot more like, um, just fitness based. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, at some point you're going to become experienced enough having done all these programs that you're going to be, you're going to be able to kind of pick and choose from your mental library of like things like today, you know, I'm going to split up my week, you know, in three days and I'm going to do these muscle groups on Monday, these muscle groups on Wednesday, these muscle groups on Friday. And, um, like I said, it, it really depends on your goals. I, I see these, these 16 week programs as, as, as being like a really good way to like introduce you to a lot of different exercises because that's half the battle is knowing what you can do and, and how it feels and what you see growth in. And then, mm-hmm. um, at some point, uh, like I said, depending on your goals, you, you may decide to like pick and choose different things of that for like your own four week program where you put together like a, a certain set of exercises for the week, a certain set of sets and reps. And, um, you know, and it'll all depend on, on really what your goals are. I don't know if you're lifting weights, I have to believe that you kind of want to bulk up a little bit, but We'll we'll see. At the end of each of these programs, you're right. At the end of each of these programs, I have kind of had an idea of like, okay, when this is what I'm doing, like this is how I feel and this is what I look like. Yeah. And it's been different for everyone. Yeah. And this, like the way this structures it, I'm only on week two, or I've done two weeks of this, but it says it's like the first four weeks are like low. Sorry, you got to go. No, I don't have to go. I'm good. (laughs) Um, first four weeks are like low reps really getting the forms down since these are all new exercises for me then the next four i think are heavy yeah hi also <laughs> and then can she no you can only hear me can't you because you got yeah the she can't on. hear you yeah she left <laughs> um i forget what the last one because it was like a three-stage thing um yeah now i forget what the third stage is but I think you're right. I'll, I'll be paying. I'll, I'll pay more attention to in those middle weeks when it ups the weight. Um, yeah. How I'm affected by that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think no matter what, it's it's good to 
it's good to exercise, it's good to do different things. So I think what you're doing is probably just great for overall health. And it's something that I should probably do is mix it up a little bit more. Just because, you know, you, it's, it's those, usually when you get hurt, it's an exercise that you don't normally do and you went too hard. Or like, when, you know, mm. like, <laughs> like if you mess something up while you're lifting a box in a weird angle or whatever at home. Like, yeah, it's something that you, you know, you weren't using proper form and you weren't familiar with that angle or whatever. And so just doing all these things is, is a little bit like I'm going to equate it to yoga a little bit just because, you know, you're mm. you're moving your body in ways that it doesn't normally move. I mean, ideally, my buddy Joe gives me a bunch of shit about lifting weights because it's not like natural. Like, when are you ever like <laughs> bench pressing? I guess a push-up, but like who like pushes their body off the ground? Like it's very yeah. rare, and so like all these things are not very like functional. And so he's always like ripping into me about CrossFit being so functional, and I'm like, when the fuck's anybody doing all that shit? Like <laughs> clean and snap and all this bullshit. Like who the fuck does that? But anyway, they're they're good motions. All of it, all of it is good stuff to do, just to mix it up. Um, and so I. At, at the risk what, of what do you do in the basement when you're lifting stuff up putting it back down oh it's uh, you know it's basically at this point um, I think I've kind of like worn myself out and I don't have the motivation on my own to do any sort of like um, strength training like actual strength mm-hmm. improvement and muscle building uh, and so a lot of my workout is mainly for the purpose of keeping some specific muscle groups strong ish but also incorporating a lot of um not a lot but some cardio into it so it's basically just at this point the benefit that i see out of the work that i'm doing is just getting cardio in because i keep my heart rate up for 20 minutes or 30 minutes while i'm doing it because a lot of my workout is like it'll pretty much every workout is like a three cycle circuit so I, I let me take that back. It's like uh, three circuits is like one workout, and that's usually like thirty minutes. So like, for instance, yeah. pretty much every circuit ends with a jump rope stint of thirty seconds. And so like, for example, today was back, and so today I did. What did I do? So I did, um, and these are all back to back. What some people call supersets. So I did. Um, bent barbell rows immediately like as soon as I got done with my reps on that I upright stood upright and went straight into deadlifting the same weight and so I did my reps of bent rows I did my reps of deadlift put the weight down ran over to the jump rope did 30 seconds of jump rope and then I start that circuit over again so that's that's one cycle of the circuit and I do three cycles and so that's kind of how it's I'm not I'm not doing any kind of like strength training I'm not pushing to failure in my reps uh, I'm not doing like negative reps I don't know that's much easier with a spotter uh, or some kind of a, a cable assist system um, but like there's a lot of techniques that you can do to build muscle um, which are fun and and if you have somebody to help you it's it's a good time and it and it feels good and Hmm. all that stuff but I don't know it's hard to get somebody to go with you all the time 
yeah. Well, so actually, as you talk through it, I think I've liked maybe workshopped my question a little bit okay. into like I'm so you I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yep. And I'm like pretty the way this thing has me doing it is like it puts me through like because it I give it feedback like every workout I'm doing is progressively like the most intense workout I've done in that area or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sore as shit like every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Is that typical? Or is there like an easy like will I will I if I am sore as shit like am I gonna keep going up and wait or am I sore as shit for no reason I could be doing this in an easier way maintaining the health in the same way? <laughs> um, again, it depends on your goal. I think yeah. I think sore as shit lends itself to um, strength gains and potentially like actual muscle volume gains. Um, and so. In a sense, that's that's that was always my goal, and I don't know if it was right, but it, it seems to be that um, if you're sore, you're doing something right, and that it that probably means that you damaged muscle, which a lot of people don't know, and Andreas fought me tooth and nail on this, but tearing <laughs> muscle is how they get bigger. Um, and so, like, I'm not talking about, like, a catastrophic failure of a bicep tear. I'm talking about (laughs) micro tears and stretching, you know? Um, And so being sore, I will say that in, in my, in my years where I spent a lot of time in the gym and was going every morning and like was really pushing hard. That was my goal was to be sore. And so if you're constantly Mm. sore, um, that, is a good thing if your goal is to get stronger and get bigger and ultimately lift lift more weight with ease or do more reps with ease whatever is your goal um okay and so all right yeah, yeah that's a good that that is an that does answer my question and just like a sanity check of like if i'm like i'm sore after every like every tuesday thursday saturday to make sure you're not like what like why what yeah. what are you doing <laughs> i think if you were to do the same reps the same weight um week after week after week and you're still just as sore say like four weeks in as you were on week one then i think you need to probably look at diet i suspect Mm -hmm. but um like maybe you're not getting enough protein to rebuild the muscles in between um and and oh i had one thought uh just and i'm sure that your programs are taking this into account but um Especially if your muscles are sore the next day, um, it's not usually, a, or at least a, a, this was the knowledge at the time when I was doing it. It's not usually a good idea to work those muscles the second day mm-hmm. if they are sore. Okay. So like, oftentimes you you'll have like a primary muscle group and a secondary muscle group. Like for instance, on back day, if you did strictly back exercises, like I was talking about, like um, rows, like bent over rows and deadlift your your secondary muscles for rows are biceps and your secondary muscles for uh, deadlift are like your hamstrings and so like if you did legs on monday and then you did deadlifts on wednesday your deadlifts are going to suffer if your hamstrings are sore from monday and so it, it that, that is actually what i'm going to run into i did i did deadlifts monday Okay. And my hamstrings are killing me, and I got squats tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, that's a little bit different of an order. I would say if um, 
I mean, I guess you're 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 finding out your weak points. So if if you did deadlifts and your hamstrings were the sore part, and not your back, um, then I mean, I guess your legs must be the weak point in that exercise. So I guess the only way to get get your back stronger is to get your legs stronger first. But anyway, to the point of of um, exercising sore muscles, that one. Yeah, I mean, it, you you have it such that you have 48 hours between workouts. And so I think that's probably okay. Um, yeah, uh, hamstrings are particularly iffy for me, at least uh, as I remember back in, in the days. Like if uh, those can get a little twangy, like if, if you get into that squat, and you really pushed it hard on, on back day on Monday and you get into that squat on Wednesday, I would just go into it slow. Like maybe do a little extra warm up set and, and if you do your warm up sets, my um my strategy for warm up sets was to always keep it low reps. You you never want to feel a burn where you're doing your warm up sets um leading up into your actual working mm. set. So you never want to feel yeah. a burn. So you want to keep your reps and weight as low as possible while you're building. And sometimes, like, I used to have elbow trouble. So if it was anything that had to do with, like, tricep extensions or, like, tricep work, my elbows would always give me trouble. And so I would probably do, hmm. like, sometimes, like, three to five warm-up sets to make sure that those joints were lubed. But uh. in the process, like, you know. Like leading up to your weight, I would do, you know, 15, 20 pound increments, whatever it happened to be to get there. But, um, yeah, those are, those are some things like when you get to leg day tomorrow, um, to, to kind of lube up or warm up those muscles ahead of time is going to help you a lot too. <laughs> like do you do some body okay. weight squats, like, you know, five of them or something before you get into your working set and then just, just kind of, kind of feel that out. I mean... Part, the biggest part about, I think, what you're doing is learning when to stop. Like, learning what to listen to that your body is telling you mm. and what those things mean. And that's, that's the great part about all the different programs that you're doing is you're beating yourself up in so many different ways. You're getting a chance to learn, like, what does, what does this mean? Like, what does this pain mean now? Tomorrow. Like, what does that feel like tomorrow? Oh, right. You know? And then, this is true, Reese. And then if you I go just, at it hard in two days, what, what did that mean? <laughs> if, you, if you went at it hard, even though it was sore, you know? This is good. This fits into the mindfulness thing, theme, that I've uh, been building on this last year. I don't think I have actually been purposeful, purposefully trying to be that mindful during the workout itself of paying attention to what I'm feeling. You lose track of it. You know, you, yeah. I, that has definitely happened to me, especially if you're, if you're on like week 10 of a 16 week program, you know, mm -hmm. it definitely gets that way. But, that, but that's a good idea. Yeah. Being mindful. That's, that's a good thing. I should, uh, I should take that to heart. You're reminding me of some great lessons that I learned a long time ago and have not been implementing there, Dan. Wow. Same with you to me, Reese. Looks like we're, we have to do this more often. <laughs> I think we should, yeah. We have a lot to talk about, you and I. We do. I look forward to it. Yeah.
And uh, yeah, so for everybody out there, I'm I'm not an expert on weightlifting, but I did learn a few things in exercising. So uh, consult a physician. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I hope that helps at least. Um, it seems like you're on the right track. I mean, that does help. Thank you for indul- I was joking when I said an extra half hour, but it did actually go a half hour. So sorry about that. No, but no, I it's do right. appreciate your time and and that thorough answer. <laughs> yeah, I I have a lot of experience, but I wouldn't say I have a lot of wisdom. So I'm just kind of telling you how things worked out for me, and and uh, it does seem like you know. You're doing, you're doing good. You're doing what I thought was good, what good looks like to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Excellent. Anyway. All right. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we better sign off here uh, an hour and a half into it. Um, yeah, so I usually, I usually do my sign-off where I, I say, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're up to, hope you're having a good morning, good day, good evening, whatever it happens to be, wherever you are. And then I say, I'll catch you on the next one be good but um since you're here with me i like to have my guest say be good with me and i usually end up just syncing the audio later but if we could say it like near the same time okay <laughs> that would be good so um yeah so i'll just lead into that little sign off there and then uh after after i say um i'll catch you on the next one that's when i say be good so if you would say be good be with me. Be good. Just like that? Yeah. Yeah. You can say it however you want, man. <laughs> this is a free form podcast. <laughs> all right. I might just keep this all in. <laughs> Not edit any of the shit out. <laughs> um, so. I, I got to say, maybe I haven't listened to one in a while because there was a lot of extra sign off in there. I don't. I didn't remember. In yours? <laughs> that you just went through. No, that you just went through in yours. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I did kind of, like, just walk through, like, the whole thing. Like, I said what I'm going to say, and now I'm going to say what I just told you I was going to say. It was a dry run, and now we got to say be good at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as hard as it sounds. I promise. All right. So, um... Yeah, I gotta lead into this. All right, so, <laughs> all right, be good. <laughs> Damn it, everybody, everybody out there in podcast land, wherever you are, whatever you're up to, um, I hope you're having a good morning, good day, good afternoon, whatever it happens to be, wherever you are. We appreciate you listening, um, and I'll catch you on the next one. Be good. Be good. Thanks for being on here, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Reese. I will talk to you soon.